Blessings, everybody. It's me, Essence, and I'm back with another episode of Bible Study. I'm so happy that you joined me today. And so if you're new to Bible Study, let me tell you what it's about. It is me spilling the tea on the word of God. I am telling you what really went down, okay? Because people say that the Bible is boring, and I am like, no, it isn't. Yeah, it has its spots that are very informative and detailed, meaning like genealogy and stuff. However, the Bible is so rich with information, with wisdom, with knowledge. It is stuff in here that like we need to live this thing called life, okay? And I believe that we know life be life in. And so we need a word. We need some advice. We need instruction. We need direction, guidance. We need it all from our creator himself. And so that's why the Bible's important. And that's why it's not boring. And so that's why I came to spill the tea. I'm about to let you know what the word says, and I'm going to share it like I'm talking to you, okay? Like I'm just spilling a little tea because it's definitely not boring. So if you're new to um, Bible study, I encourage you to grab your Bible, grab your notebook and paper or however you like to take notes and let's get into it. Okay. If you haven't already, there's so many previous episodes, um, probably like, I don't know how many, but there's previous episodes that you can listen to. And I've started in Genesis 2 and then um, just go through each chapter, sometimes for longer chapters, or if there's like a lot going on in the word and we really need to dive in, then I'll break it up into like today, I'm going to break it up. It's not going to be a long episode today at all, but I want you to trek with me. And before I get started, um, I'm asking if you would please like, share, subscribe, and comment if you have anything to say. If God drops anything into your spirit or you get revelation or if you're like, "Mm, maybe this is instead of what you said, go ahead and drop that in the comments. And then lastly, hit that notification bell because if whenever, sorry, whenever I drop a new episode, you will be notified. Okay, so um, that's. I think that's good. If you're new to the episode, I always encourage everyone to read your Bible. So today I'm going to be covering Genesis 18 verses 1 through 15. And you can read it before, you can read it during, you can read it after. But it's always important for people to know what the word of God says for themselves. What when we read the word of God, when we read the Bible, it helps us to grow in our faith. It strengthens us. It strengthens our relationship with God. It helps us to truly learn his characteristics and who he is. And so it's very important. So I don't care what anybody's telling you, including myself, the word of God is for each of us. God will reveal truths to us through his word. And that's why it's really important for us to read his word. So I recommend that you read your Bible, whether you follow along and read what um, I'm talking about, or you read something else, but please read your word. Don't trust any individual for your own salvation other than Jesus Christ, right? So I'm going to pray and then let's go ahead and get into it. So dear, most gracious and heavenly father, we thank you for bringing us here today. We come to you asking for forgiveness of anything that we have possibly done that is not in alignment with your perfect will, Lord God, or the character 
characteristics of the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask for your complete forgiveness and we thank you for your forgiveness, Father God. I pray that you speak through me and that you bless us as we um, go through this study with revelation, Lord God, with your word that we can apply to our own lives, Lord God, so that we can live a holy and righteous life. I know that we are far from perfect and that's why we need Jesus. So I pray that you bless every person who is listening to this or watching this Bible study, Father God, including myself. I need some blessings, Lord, but I pray that you work in us and through us and you continue to grow us and transform us and revive us, Lord God, and help us to be who you've called us to be. I pray if anyone is struggling with anything, Lord God, that they lay those things at your feet and give them to you so that you have your way, Father God. Make us new, make us whole and complete, and we pray and give you glory, Lord God. We say thank you for you being who you are and loving us unconditionally and sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. I pray for an amazing lesson today. I pray that we get something from it, and I pray that you continue to have your way through in us and through us, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week whenever you listen to this, a wonderful night, whatever, a wonderful month, because, I mean, you should have a great day. And so um, today, like I said, we are going to be talking about the son of promise, and that is Abraham. If you've been trekking along with us last week, we covered when Abraham's name was changed to Oh, no, that's today. (laughs) If you've been trekking with us, we talked about the sign of the covenant last week. And so um, we are going today to be talking about the son of promise. And I feel like this is something that we can relate to, but I'm not going through the entire chapter. Like I said, I am going Genesis um, 18 verses 1 through 15, because I feel like they, even though it's in um, one occurrence, There's multiple things that need to be discussed. So today won't be long at all. And I hope you just stick around. All right, let's get started. So we're going to start with reading Genesis verses one through five. All right. So Genesis 18 verses one through five. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth tree of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. So in this little passage that we just read, Abram, Abraham, because he's now Abraham. I mean, I'm like used to calling him Abram now, but his name was just changed. Okay. Um, Abraham. He is being hospitable to some passerbyers. Okay. These are strangers. These are people he doesn't know. It's three individuals that are, um, you know, approaching and he like sees them and he meets them and he is like super hospitable. And I'm like, wow, he's really like, he sees these individuals. He's like, please let me, you know, basically take care of you. Let me give you some water. Let me make sure you're good. And I was like, why is he so hospitable? Because at this time, he doesn't know that God is among, like, he doesn't know that this is God and, and, um, he doesn't know that information yet. He's just being super hospitable. And so I was like, what's going on? So, um, the rest of verse five says, they said, do as you have said. And so 
when I looked into it, I was like, okay, I need to look this up. Like, is this just a cultural thing? Is this because he's a follower of God? Like, why is he being like this? I mean, like, it's common for people to be super hospitable, but I feel like he is going above and beyond. And so when I looked this up, I was like, okay, was there some kind of significance or importance with the hospitality thing? And this is what I found. So back in the day, back during this time, um, and it could be prevalent today, I'm not sure. But back in the day during this time, it was so it was very important to be hospitable to the people who were coming by to the strangers to the pastor buyers to the travelers that were going and there were reasons why. And when I looked further, it has to do with honor and reputation. So providing hospitality to travelers and to strangers would be a way to build your reputation. Not saying he's intentionally doing that. I mean, he could just have a good heart and stuff, but it was um, a way that individuals and families would build their reputation. So those who had good reputations were kind to those who were coming and took care of those who were, you know, um, traveling through their lands. And then safety and survival. So travelers depended on the hospitality of those that they were coming in contact with to be covered and protected and like for them to have food and them to have shelter while they were on these long journeys. Cause remember they didn't have cars back then. They didn't have trains and stuff like that. But this is one of the ways that they were able to be safe and to survive when they had these trips. Another reason was of course the religious part of it, right? Religious and ethical duty. So it was not even just a God following thing, um, but it was just an ethical thing also. And many cultures in that region, which was this, the Near East, um, had religious and ethical beliefs that emphasized the duty to be kind and generous to strangers. And so this fits along with us being Christ followers, right? To be generous and kind. Like if you go to Matthew 25 and 35, and I'm going to read it real quick. It says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And so this stressed the importance of providing the needs of strangers. And um, it highlights the idea that showing hospitality to strangers can be spiritual. It can um, have spiritual significance, right? Because in this passage of Matthew, when the people are like, well, when have we ever seen you need food or need assistance or need, you know, whatever. And Jesus is like, if you've done it to the least of them, then you've done it for me. And so it's very important to provide that hospitality because you never know, like when you're entertaining anybody any person, an angel, the Lord. It's just, these are the children. These people are created by God. And so it is our calling to be hospitable to um, individuals. Another verse that I looked up was Hebrews, and I'm going to turn to it right now, if I can get there. Hebrews 13 and 2. And Hebrews 13 and 2 reads, do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, for so for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels okay so there it is he's specifically we're specifically told and then lastly in well the next one i'm going to go over is 
Romans 12, 13. So I'm not turning to that one, but we are instructed to be given to hospitality. Paul instructed the Romans as a way of meeting the needs of Christ followers. So, you know, doing our part, being able to give and and that's how we should be now, right? Like we should be giving, we should be helping people out. If we see someone needs something, we should be providing that. We should be the hands of God, right? We should be the feet of God going to where those who need things are and assisting and just being used by God in that way. And so that was the significance back then of um, being hospitable. Um, And then lastly, I'm going to read to you 1 Peter 4 and 9, and it reads, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. So don't even have a bad attitude when you do it. And I feel that Abraham modeled this like in a great way when he was showing that um, because he wasn't looking for anything in return, he was doing it because he's like, whoa, somebody's coming through this part of the land. Let me go be, let me go demonstrate hospitality. And it was just an important thing. It was a cultural thing. It was a thing that they do as part of their religion and ethics. And so another reason why they were so hospitable is for mutual benefit. So if, you know, today you're, you know, you're in need, maybe they're not like in need, but you're, there's something that I can provide to you. You know, you may need a roof over your head. You may need something to eat. And one day I will be traveling or someone I care about may be traveling and they will need the same thing. So it's kind of like the reciprocity, like the um, idea of reciprocity. I can't even say it, but the reciprocal giving, you know, like one person does something to you and then down the line, you know, you'll be in need and someone will bless you as well. And so that's pretty cool. I thought, um, but today, you know, you're traveling later on, somebody else may be traveling. You may be traveling. They're traveling and next time you're traveling. And so it's just like a cycle and it's like how we look out for each other and have each other's back. And so all that to say is not out of the norm. It wasn't out of the norm for Abram, Abraham to go out of his way the way that he did to be hospitable to the strangers that came. Because at this time, he wasn't just aware that it was God. He wasn't aware who who it was. He just knew it was travelers and strangers and he was going to take care of them, which says a lot, right? Because we shouldn't just do stuff because we think it's God. We need to treat everyone that way. And then the world would be a better place if we all did that. So let's go to verse six through eight. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. So in the moment, I would have asked, like, I mean, basically they're not playing. So he's like, look, we're going to just take care of him. Sarah, I need you to get in that kitchen and do X, Y, and Z because we are taking care. We got guests. We gonna take care of our guests. Okay. So let's read verse nine. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said here in the tent now, I know these are strangers and still he does not know who he's talking to. But I was like, I would think or say like, how do you know Sarah? It would just spark intrigue to me. Like, oh, how do you know Sarah? Because, right, these are strangers. These are travelers. These are people you've never seen before. And y'all been together for a very long time. So who are these people coming in asking about Sarah? 
And he still didn't know who they were. But let's go to verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind them. And here it is. It's happening. This is the moment they have been waiting for. This is the time that they have been in the previous chapter that we covered. They were trying to make things happen so that the promise of God would come to pass. But now this is it. This is the time where they're like, look, it's about to go down. Sarah is going to have a son. And it's like everything you've been waiting for. Like when God has a promise for you and he has something that he's like, this is what I have. And you have been waiting and time has been going and years have been passing and you are like losing hope. You're like, it doesn't even seem like it's going to happen anymore. God shows up and he shows out. He's like, it is about to happen. And so um, Sarah was listening at the door and she was behind them. So let's read verse 11 and 12. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. So back in the day, they called people lords. Um, in the Bible, when you're reading it, like you'll see Lord in all capital letters, and that's representing Lord God, Lord, Lord Jesus. But when you um, see it's representing God, but when you see um, Lord and it's capital L-O-R-D, it's referencing an individual. So um, it wasn't uncommon for um, the wives to call their husbands Lord. And so she was talking about her husband. We should talk about Abraham when she said that. And so she's like in disbelief, but she doesn't say it out loud. She keeps that to herself and she's not speaking it. Um, it shows us to not look at what is going on according to what should be according to the circumstance that we're experiencing according to how something may look or even logically speaking or even scientifically speaking right because she's like within her even though the part that gets me here's the kicker even though she knows that god is the prompt the one who gave them the promise this amazing promise, even though her and Abraham tried to make things happen on their own to get to this promise. Now, after it's been so long, the time has finally come where it's time for that promise to come to pass. And now she's like, oh, I'm just old. My husband's old. I don't see us, you know, participating in pleasure. Like, should I? Like, wow, I can't even see it. So she's like laughing like that sounds funny because the circumstance and situation does not look like it. And that's why it's important for us. And I feel like we say it in multiple studies, but it's important for us to focus on God and not focus on the situation that we're experiencing. Because when we focus on the situation, our eyes are taken off of God and we start to look at all the reasons why something could possibly not work. Or we start looking at, well, this circumstance, it becomes bigger than it is. Our circumstances, the things that we go through, the things that we experience, they're never bigger than God. God is the ultimate person who has 
any say, okay? He is the ultimate say so. And so if God says it's happening, it's happening regardless. So you would think that Sarah would look at what's happening and just be praising God. Like, finally, it is here. This is the time. This is what I've been waiting on. But no, that's not what happened. So instead, she was focusing on, like I said, the situation. And she was just like within her. I would think doubt could have probably um, creeped in a little bit because it hadn't happened yet. I mean, maybe she lost some hope over time. And I feel that we do sometimes. Like if God said it, we have to trust that it's going to come to pass because it will, regardless if you believe it or not. But Sarah in this moment seems like she's like in disbelief, right? But she doesn't even say it out loud. She says it to herself. And we have to trust that God's got it, period. I know that sometimes we're like, yeah, right. Like, for example, today, and this has nothing to do with nothing, but I'm going to tell you. So earlier today, I made some food for my kids. And when I made it, it was like from scratch. Like I was like making because we um, they're vegan. And so they don't eat dairy and all these other kind of things. And so um, I made like these chickpea nuggets. And I was like, oh, they're going to think they're chicken nuggets because they kind of look like that vegan chicken nuggets, of course. And um, but I was like, yeah, it's chickpea nuggets. And they're like, okay. And they looked at it and they're like, oh, it looks good. And then when it was time to try it, I just they didn't really want to eat it. But before they <laughs> tried it, because they didn't really like it, um, I laughed to myself like, oh, this is just not going to work. And I think we do that with God sometimes, you know, like we look at something and we're like, okay, let me try. It's really not going to work. We don't believe that it's going to happen. We don't believe that it's going to go through or it, I laughed because I was like, I'm trying here. These kids will not eat this. But like, I'm just saying that to say how within us, we're like, we feel some way about something. And my son, he ate some, but they really didn't like it. But my point is, is that, you know, we'll laugh within ourselves because we're like, this is funny that I'm going to try this, but it's not going to work. So maybe it was just like a little bit of disbelief mixed with, wow, circumstances are this. And this is what he's saying. Is this true? Like, whoa, this is unbelievable. But it does come to pass because we know the God that we serve. So she laughed and um, I feel like the time frame probably played into it as well because they've been waiting on it for so long. There have been things that I've been waiting on for so long. And I'm like, Lord, I know you're going to come through. I know you will. But now when it's about to go down, you're like, this is unbelievable. It's not that you really don't believe it, but you know, you kind of like, wow, like you're in like this state of disbelief, but you believe it, but you don't if that makes any sense. So let's read verses 13 and 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. So Sarah was called out by God. Don't be, oh, that's a horrible place to be in. I do not want to be called out by God. I mean, he'll do it, but she was called out by God. And he was like, oh, so you're laughing. Oh, so this is funny. Oh, so you don't think this can happen. I'm God. Like it can happen. Don't doubt me. Don't doubt what I can do. Don't doubt what I've promised you that's coming to pass, that I'm keeping my promises. Don't doubt God. And that's a message to us. We should not doubt him. We know he's going to come through, even if we feel like what he's telling us doesn't make sense. Even if we feel like what he's telling us just does not align with what we have in our head. He is God. And if he says it, it's happening. And that's the end of that. And so 
Let's read verse 15. Verse 15 says, but Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. So she lied, y'all. She tried to lie to God. She tried to act like she didn't say something that she knows she said within herself. And she laughed. Um, God knows everything. So don't feel like you over here saying, no, I didn't. It's going to really cover yourself because then he was like, but you did. I wonder how that moment felt because I felt like it would have been something like she wasn't even minding their business. She was doing her thing. And he was like, oh, why'd your wife? She, he didn't even say it to her. They're talking about her and she's there. Um, but just keep it real with God. He knows everything that we feel. He knows everything that we think. And so us coming to him with our concerns, us coming to him with the truth, let's just keep it real. Like he already knows anyway, but it's something when we do it, right? It's us being vulnerable, us opening up ourselves and saying, Lord, this seems unbelievable. So in this stage of my life, this is supposed to go down. Like, I know your God is just, wow, it's finally happening. You know, just keep it real with him. And so um, in areas when doubts and disbelief arise, God can help us with that. So just simply tell him how you feel and ask him how to help you with any disbelief. So it's more so like saying, Lord, help my unbelief, help my doubt, help me not doubt you. I know you always come through. I know you keep it real. I know that everything you say comes to pass, Lord. I know it's been a long time and these doubts have been rising up within me. And right now that's just how I'm feeling. So help me to believe, help me to trust you more, help me to continue to step out in faith in the, in the promises that you've given me. And we have to remember that God is bigger in areas, in every area of our life, God is bigger than any circumstance and he can speak to any situation and change it. Trust God and give him your concerns. Give him your worries. Give him your cares. He knows best. He does best and he, he'll call you out. And so he's got it. He can handle it. Um, he knows what we're feeling. He's experienced, you know, through Jesus, he's experienced everything that we could ever imagine. So trust God, give him your complete self, surrender to him and let him have his way. He's going to come through. He's going to make his promises come to pass. Like it is what it is. God is God. And so that's been another episode of Bible study. It was very short for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some nuggets from it. And I want you to be prepared for next week because we will be talking about um, Abraham interceding for Sodom. Okay, so I'm about to be spilling the tea on that time that Abraham was interceding for Sodom because we already know what went down in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot and his fam or yeah, and his family. So again, I ask that you like, share, subscribe, comment if you have any comments and hit that notification bell in case anything's released, you will be notified. You guys stay blessed and have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.